Hello, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Meredith. And you're listening to ArtWise. everyone welcome back to art Wise. so today we have another guest as always so today our guest is meredith hi meredith did you want to introduce yourself talk a little bit about what you're here on ArtWise to talk about hi i'm meredith marr i'm a mixed media artist i'm based in connecticut here i'm talking about my art journey and leaving my job for art and the perception of art and whether you need to be informed on art or what's your best perception of it with or without some information behind it. I was so excited when I saw on your application that that was what you wanted to talk about because I don't think we've talked about that topic of, you know, being informed on like the background of art ever on the podcast before. So I was super intrigued and interested to hear your opinions on it because I do have some opinions of my own but yeah before we get into all that though I always ask everybody the same first and last question the questions in the middle are based on you know what you do as an artist and they're custom to you but the first and last questions are the same for everybody because I think they're too important to leave out and the first question is how did you begin your art journey? So like if you have like any backstory of like how you became an artist or were you born an artist or you know how like what what is your origin story and like don't don't be afraid to get detailed like we have plenty of time so <laughs> so I was always interested in art and me and all my siblings would draw together when we were younger. My mother studied art in college so she kind of instructed us a little bit, but we were all in our imaginations, drawing our dream houses or places we wanted to go when we were kids. So I was always really encouraged in, with art as a kid and even in elementary school. They had this little award ceremony for an art winner in fifth grade that I got to go to. But aside from that, I pulled away from art because I didn't think it was really a viable career for me. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll just make money and do art on the side. And I'll always do it on the side. So I would, with my job, I'd buy art supplies and do it after work or after school or whenever I had free time. I never thought it was something that I would make a career of. But it wasn't until later that I, I was seriously working that I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this forever. So I was drawn back to things, especially during the pandemic, where, where I had free time and I had autonomy over my time again, that I really dove back into it. That's awesome. I, you know, I, I get so sad when I hear people say like, oh, yeah, I didn't want to do art because I thought I was going to be broke. And it's just like, yeah. I get it, though. I get it. I just left my my nine to five. My nine to five was art related. But even still, like, I totally understand the like, working a job and being like, this is not what I meant to do. Like, why did I do this to myself? You know? Yeah. It's and all the time and energy spent to get to that point. Yeah, but I really think most things happen for a reason. And if you didn't actually work that job and understand what it was like being in that position, you would always have in the back of your mind, 
like, oh, well, maybe I should have done that job. Like, you don't know what you actually don't want until you do what you don't want to do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's a saying. Somebody said it before me. I have no idea who it is. But there's like a quote by someone wise. Because they wouldn't say if they weren't. I wish I could remember what it was. I completely lost my train of thought. It was about something along the lines of like, there's like a reason, right? I I think it was from, I think it was Rebecca Campbell. I think it was her book. But I'm just going to summarize what she said because I can't, I, I can't know it off the top of my head. But she said like, if you have a dream or an aspiration or like even as a child, if you're like, oh, I want to be this when I grow up and you have like that dream and that goal of doing that for yourself, there is like a reason that you have that dream. And someone out there is living your dream. And there's like, absolutely no reason why that shouldn't be you and why that can't be you. And there's a reason why that's like in your brain, why you're thinking about that all the time, why you're thinking, I want to be an artist so bad. I just want to make art all day. Because like there are people, there are lots of people out there, myself included, that just sit around making art all day. And it's crazy because like I know my boyfriend too, he'll come home from work and I'll just be like laying on the floor, like painting or just like laying in bed, like doodling. And he's like, I don't, I can't for my life of me, for the life of me, figure out how you make twice as much money as me. You're literally like lounging, just drawing silly little pictures. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy that we don't have to be broke anymore. You know, it's not like that anymore. Yeah, that's so true. Like you, you have these thoughts for a reason. And like, if I'm waking up in the middle of the night, writing down ideas in my phone four days a week, like there's probably it's probably a reason there's a reason that that's happening like I should be putting some energy into them instead of having them die on my in my notes yeah yeah exactly absolutely it's crazy to me so bonkers (laughs) yeah and for a while like I didn't I had the technical skill of doing like realism and stuff and my friends would be like why why don't you do art anymore because there was a period a dark period I would say where I didn't do any art and I didn't feel like I had anything important to say so I'm like I'm not going to do something unless it's great and that was one of the big things I had to get out of in order to actually start making stuff I actually liked. Yeah, I I think every artist has periods of time where they don't create or feel like they can't for whatever reason. I'm still kind of yanking myself out of mine because, you know, like I said, at, at my nine to five job, we all have those jobs that like take from us so much at some point and especially my job being a creative job you know I was thinking oh this is close enough to what I want to do this is great and I know for some people nine to five jobs are like perfect for them but I just it was hard for me to come to terms with the fact that it wasn't for me and I definitely I know a lot of people listen to this podcast and even like when I talk to people in the discord too there are people who think I'm like not a normal I don't know if they think I'm not a normal person. We're all not normal. We're all artists. So. <laughs> they they act like I'm this like like perfect like example or perfect figure of an artist. And it's just 
I'm sure you can relate, like having people, you know, be like, oh, well, you're this great artist. Like, what do you mean you went through three years where you didn't really make anything? And it's like, well, I was at my job and I was, you know, miserable. And when you're miserable and when you're burnt out, you have no, like your, your cup is empty. There's nothing else for you to give. (laughs) So I, that being said, can you talk a little bit more about what your experience was like at your job and the experience that you had leaving in order to pursue art? And do you have any tips for artists who are looking to do kind of the same thing? So I started a, I started making local map for towns in my area. I was doing art adjacent things that weren't my particular style, but things I thought people might like. So for a while, I started selling those and I just wanted something a little more steady and something that I didn't have to put all of my heart into that I could make a decent income off of. So I did that and I worked on a picnic business with my sister. So I wanted to do try out as many things as I could and find something that worked that wasn't super draining on me because the art I really enjoy to create is very draining on me and I don't like to sell it either. I like to sell like because they take me so long and there are times where I'm not making a sale because I'm just working on it for so long. I wanted something that was more stable. So my goal was to have something like that. And that's why I started those two businesses. And my advice, if anyone wanted to leave their job, is to just try as many things as you possibly can. And don't turn your nose up at certain jobs because they seem beneath you or uninteresting to you. Because I find a lot of areas of art interesting. And I I think everything can teach you something relating back to what you truly want to do. Yeah. But it was really, I mean, it was a little more smooth because I had built an income from those two projects. And that's really the main thing. As long as you can support yourself and live within your means, then you can really do some interesting stuff on the side. Yeah, definitely. I I completely relate. The projects that I'm the most passionate about are literally like projects that I've been working on already for six months. And I am like <laughs> convinced that it's going to take me probably another at least six months to finish them. Yeah. And I love those projects. Mm-hmm. And what's I, I I can totally relate to like, oh, I don't like to sell the stuff that takes me forever because yeah, it took me forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I can definitely relate to that. It's hard as an artist too because you know, like you said, a lot of people see it kind of like challenging a lot of people who aren't artists and who haven't been doing it for a while, I feel like they see it as like a challenge to actually like make a sustainable income from just doing, you know, freelance art and doing what you love. But I feel like, like you said, there's so many ways you can support yourself as an artist and as being an artist. Yeah, there's so many different ways and people like forget that there's art everywhere. Like, 
there's art on the side of buildings, there's art in your cafe, like there's art on your like greeting cards that you get from your friends, like it's all around us and there's so many ways to get involved even if it's not the main thing you want to do. But if it is the main thing you want to do, make sure most of your time is dedicated to that. Absolutely. And there's also, there's so many different ways to make income as an artist. And like, there's also, I feel like this might just be my experience. So I don't know about you, but I feel like there is like an endless, what's the word? There's like a, almost like an endless amount of art things that you could learn like as an artist if you're doing it right (laughs) you're constantly growing and learning and learning new things and like a lot of artists too that I've had on the podcast I've noticed I don't know if this is the same for you but I know so many artists who also like teach on the side I do I teach on the side too so they're teaching other artists who are then teaching other artists who are teaching other artists and it's crazy pyramid schemes (laughs) Oh, yeah, I totally just made it seem like a pyramid scheme, but it's not. They're just all teachers. It's kind of what we're doing on this podcast is like we're talking about our experiences to, you know, teach others like what we've been through and what we're going through and how, you know, things work. And I teach children. I teach little little babies, probably most of them are around eight years old and I do it online and I love it. And it's like a little bit of extra money, you know, and it's awesome. I love I just do it for fun. I didn't. I don't even need to do it anymore. There was a point when I was at my, funnily enough, when I was at my full-time job, my nine to five as a graphic designer, I didn't make enough to pay my bills. So I got that side job back then. And I've since left my nine to five as a lot of artists do yourself included, I'm sure. I don't know what your job was before, but you know what I mean? And, you know, I've kept that other job because I just, I love it. And it doesn't feel like doesn't even feel like work it's just fun but it must be a nice way to get out of art block too because like you have to make some some doodle or something with them so you get to like you have to make something yeah it's really awesome that and in the discord server for the podcast so the podcast has a community discord server for like networking and like community building and in the discord server i've been playing the game gardic phone with like people in the server and that has been absolutely killer for my art block because you you have no choice like so with the kids that I teach I I live stream art and usually I'll just have them I'll be like okay what what's something that you guys are struggling with or what do you want to learn how to draw and they'll just pick something and they pick the weirdest stuff and I just am like okay <laughs> let's do it like they have they had they had me do a dog with a human head. They had me do the head of a deer on the body of an alligator once. God. And that's it's like stuff like that. And then sometimes it'll just be like normal stuff. Like they'll be like, "Can you draw an ice cream cone?" And I'll just be like, "Yeah." <laughs> so that's really nice. Gardic phone is good because it's timed, and you just kind of have to. You have no choice. Oh, what is do that? Something. It's like an online game. We play it on the Discord server all the time. So if you're listening and you're not on the Discord server, you need to get on that because it's so fun. Well, if I can get like a group of five or more people on the server that are all online that want to play, I'll just like start a little room in the server and then we'll all get on and just basically drawing telephones. So everybody will put in a like a prompt or like a sentence and then everyone draws a random person in the group sentence 
and then everybody gets to see the drawing and they have to guess what the original sentence was from the drawing and then everyone gets a, the second prompt and they all draw it again and they see how far it got from oh, the original prompt it's it's wow. so fun is really, really good for Art Block. If you have friends online that you play games with, or if you don't and you want to join the Discord server, it, it's really fun. You can literally just play on your phone. It's it's awesome for, for Art Block and things like that. Yeah, and that reminds me about Art Block and leaving your job and suddenly having all this free time. Like when I first left, because I had like, I'm like, oh my God, I have all this free time. I got nothing done in the beginning. Like the first two weeks, I was like, what am I going to do? Like I would, I was like, oh, well, I can just do it later. I can do it later. I have all this free time. And then nothing would happen. So what really helped me was this book, Atomic Habits. And I would just do it like 10 or 15 minutes of art at the same time every day. And just getting into the habit of doing it regularly, like helped so much. And it just sounds so stupid, like, oh, of course, you should be doing it every day if that's what you want to do. But it really is hard when you have when you're at home and you have the option between 15 different things like, oh, you got to do the laundry and you have to make breakfast, or you have to take out the dog or do this or that. And just making sure you you get those 10 or 15 minutes in. Even if you just go to your place where you do art and sit in your chair for five minutes, you're going to be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm here. I might as well, I might as well draw something. I might as well paint something. And then the practice becomes a lot easier over time. Yeah, that's a really, really good tip. I, somebody on a past episode, I believe it was, Kayla, the owner of Fantasy Figments, she was in a past episode. She she talked about like, you know, doing sketches in the morning, like with breakfast every morning, just to, you know, kind of like get into the habit of making things. I feel like that's super important. I feel like art block is the same as like a pipe getting clogged. You just have to like, you have to keep adding water until it just pops. And then you're, you're yeah. set. You're just, you're good for a while. <laughs> I also have like, I, I don't know if you have this too. Do you have like in your notes, just a bunch of ideas that you'll come across like during the day? And sometimes I'll reference that like, you know, it's will be like, oh, yeah, that would be cool to do right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We should come back and do like a part two episode where we just go through the notes in our phones because I have some ridiculous one. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. They're absolutely insanity. Absolutely ridiculous. I just opened my phone. I'm like, I can't even do that right now because I will get way too distracted. But yeah, I do the same thing. I have different ones for different things too. I'll have like, oh, this would be like really good for an illustration. Oh, this would be great for my business if I could make like these classes for people. I'm literally working on like a, a Adobe Illustrator course for like beginner beginners right now and it's like I'm having such a hard time because I'm like trying to force myself back in time to when I first was learning illustrator and that was just so long ago I'm like what do, what what did I need help with because mm -hmm. like once you've been using something every day for so long 
like Adobe programs and stuff like that. It's just like, man, how am I going to teach people how to use this program when I don't even remember how I learned this program? I lied on a resume. That's how I learned the program. I told people I knew how to use it and I totally didn't. Yeah. Well, that's how you really learn. It's like when you have something to use it for. Yeah. So if you give them a project, then you can really learn through the action of doing it. That's a good idea. I think I'm going to add that into the course. They got to yeah. do a little project at the end. <laughs> yeah, and they'll have something they made for themselves. And that's always like so fun to like actually take away something real yes. they made themselves. And they will be proud of it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that for sure. So next question, I can't figure out a way to tie it into what we were just talking about. But at the beginning, we mentioned it briefly, informed art. So if you could just define what informed art is for people who are like, what what does that mean? And then, you know, talk about if you think informed artwork affects the viewer's perception of the artwork itself, maybe. I would say informed art is when you have knowledge of the work or the artist before actually seeing the physical artwork, whether you see it digitally or whatever. And it could even be a word. I think words are so powerful. Like if you see an artwork and the word is disabled, like you have so many associations with that word and thoughts behind it before you even see it that it it can be so powerful to your feelings towards the artwork maybe the artist is disabled or the artwork deals with the struggles of disability or the empowerment of it like there are so many things around it that can change your perception with just a little bit of information i'm not i personally don't like to see have any information when I look at an artwork well it's hard to avoid if information comes at me I can't not see it but I like to see things ignorantly with no with no context and just see how I feel about it outside of pressure and then get information about it, and then see if that changes my perception. So I always find that really interesting. If I I feel really strongly about something without any context, and then see, have all the context behind it and see if I like it more, or if I'm like, oh, wow, that is completely off, or I was off base, which I never think you can really be too off base with art because it's your personal perception. But yeah, what are your do you like and do you like to be informed with things you view yeah I'd have to agree with you I kind of like to go in blind completely but it is nice after I form like my initial opinion sometimes to have people be like oh well it's actually this and I'm like oh hmm, okay okay and then I can like you know reevaluate from there I do think something that I think kind of ties into informed art is separating the art from the artist because 
sometimes when I find out and like, I've definitely changed my opinion on this. So the very first episode of this podcast was about Pablo Picasso. And I was like, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. I hate that guy because I hate that guy. And I still hate that guy. But you know, and I hate his art. His art's ugly. I don't like it. He's not that good. He's overrated. That's what I should say. He's (laughs) He, I mean, you know, art art is subjective. I can think he's bad and someone can think he's a great artist and, you know, I don't care. Like, you're entitled to your opinion. But yeah. I don't like his art and he's a bad person. So I'm like, I hate that guy. I hate that guy so much. But I recently was told some unsavory things about Salvador Dali and he is my favorite artist. And that's not going to change. Well, him... He's kind of up there with Warhol, who also wasn't that good a person either. But they're both really up there in my mind. They're some of my favorite, like, artists that aren't from, like, the... I know, like, they're kind of modern. I think they're considered to be, like, modern artists because it was just, like, the 80s, which was not that long ago. But, like, they I think they both died in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken, or the 70s, 70s, 80s. So it wasn't that long ago. But, like, in terms of artists who were alive and are now dead, they're my two favorites apart from like people like James Jean and like Lauren Tsai and like people who are currently making art they're probably my favorites so I've learned to separate the art from the artist but there are still some people that I'm just like wow Picasso really sucked as a human being like he was bad Mm -hmm. so bad every time I learn a new thing about him I'm like wow I hate that guy (laughs) Yeah, I recently read that like he made no will. So all of his de- descendants, he had like 10 mistresses and they all like fought over his estate and two of them even died like fighting over the whole situation. So yeah, just another reason to hate him. I recently found out. Oh, I hate that guy. Literally cheated on his dying wife. And then like the day after she died, he like married this like 17 year old girl. Like, who does that? Okay, that's not exactly how it happened. That's a little (laughs) bit drastic. She was 17 when they met. She was not 17 when they married, but he was cheating on her for so long that by the time they got married, she was like 27. But I don't think he believed in. Well, no, that's not true because he had. So that was his second wife that was his that i think that you know what i'm not gonna pretend like i have all this stuff memorized i haven't thought about it in a while but yeah no person yeah i feel like there was like some reason that he didn't want to divorce her and i can't remember if it was like for religious reasons like he didn't believe in it so he was just kind of waiting for her to keel over because she was already really sick but i don't I don't remember. I don't know why. (laughs) But in that in that regard, do you do you think that like separating the art from the artist is kind of part of the same idea of informed art, like not knowing that an artist was a horrible person and forming your opinion on just the art without taking into consideration who the artist was? Like, do you think that kind of like plays into that as well? Oh, that's a that's a hard one because I think you should look at everything apples to apples without any pre-knowledge. But once you have that knowledge, you can never go back. You can't ever go back to the time before you knew that the man that created this 
what like did all these horrible things. But yeah, it doesn't mean you can't en- enjoy it any less. And if you really don't support that artist, you looking at it doesn't contribute to them. But I mean, if you were buying the buying their artwork, then I think that's where it, where it kind of goes into a moral gray area. Yeah, that is true. It's interesting. I I've switched sides, I think, on the whole separating the art from the artist. I've definitely swapped. I mean, I have an Andy Warhol poster like literally right behind my monitor. <laughs> I've had it forever. I'm never going to part with it cuz I love Warhol. He's so he was mean. He's a mean man. <laughs> but I feel bad for him sometimes too because like I feel not, not to like excuse like well, people you, being he's rude. not really alive right now, like enjoying true. the fruits of your contribution. So I think it's, I think it's fine. That's true. That's true. Dolly, I, I love Dolly. And that's the thing too. A lot of artists are like really went through a lot of like, I, oh my gosh, there was a tweet. Hold on. I have to read this tweet to you immediately, but immediately. About Dolly? Or Warhol? It's just an art tweet. (laughs) I got to pull it up so that I can read it to you. It's just about artists. I definitely retweeted it, so it should be easy for me to find. Yeah, this is the tweet. It's by at XOEY1, the letter O, 1. And he says... You ask an artist why they haven't posted work and they'll tell you the most debilitating, life-altering shit you've ever heard. And (laughs) that is true. That is true. (laughs) And it's so true because I think about artists like Salvador Dali, which not a lot of people... I, I need to make a Salvador Dali episode. I don't think one exists. Because every time I would go to talk about him I it would just be too long it would be it would have to be like three separate parts because I just know so much about this man but like even like from birth like trauma because his older brother Salvador Dali they have the same name was born and then at like two three years old he gets sick and dies and so his parents were like, oh, let's just have like another one. So like they had Salvador Dali and they didn't even name him anything different. Like they just named him after his dead brother. And he all the time would make like this art about how he's living a life that isn't his. And it's just like so much traumatic stuff around him. And it's just, I I can't help but kind of excuse him being kind of insane he's a nut i mean he has done some weird stuff but i feel like i don't know i feel like having that much like traumatic life-altering stuff happen to you can literally make you cra- i feel like that's why a lot of artists get the rap that we're like nuts which fair but it's hard too because like you said you can't unlearn stuff like that and now when you look at a salvador dolly piece you're gonna be thinking all of this stuff about him and his life. It's just, there's so much. That's so really much. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I could I could go on for hours about Salvador Dali because 
the Salvador Dali Museum is in St. Petersburg, Florida. So it's literally like a 20 minute drive from where I'm at right now. And I've been there so many times. And on even like growing up, I would go there on field trips for like the art classes that I was taking and we would always have a docent walk us around and I swear every time I went I would like learn something new that I didn't know and I've read so many books about him too about his life and it's it really like it's crazy and you don't look at an artist's art the same way once you know their whole life story and you're like oh wow this is like really like quite a tortured person <laughs> like unfortunately it's crazy it's 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 just it's true though and that's like that's the thing like I feel like that's where at least like I kind of like feel like informed art is like really nice to have because I feel like it adds so much meaning but I also feel like you should be able to derive meaning just from looking at artwork because that's what makes it art in the first place or just from listening to art or just from reading it you know art comes in different forms but the art itself without having the context it should make you feel something but having that information and I feel like it just informs you so much more but that's just my personal opinion Yeah. And I think artists, especially now with social media and using videos to make reveals of art or tell the story about it a little bit, like you can tell the story however you want and like shape the narrative around it in such a more palatable way than you have been able to in years past. So like, I think that's, that's a really big difference. And one thing I notice when I watch, I watch a lot of art documentaries on artists I look up to, to try to like, let's see what the greats did. Let me try to do that. And it's just so hard because they lived in such a different time. Like with our social media, it's like a whole different ball game with being this performer and artists at the same time but it's a really like exciting thing at the same time oh yeah for sure I I try to get as much information about like like true modern artists like today I know they'll say you know Picasso and Warhol and Dali were all modern artists because it was pretty recent but it was still so different because technology has just advanced so much in the past what that was 40 years ago in the past 40 years I mean it's completely like a completely different like literally a completely different time like so much has changed so Mm -hmm. I feel like it's definitely fair to say it's it's hard too and it's also difficult because you know in the time period that they were growing up like it it was probably so normal for people to just like you know, have a kid and then it die and then replace it with a kid and like change, not even change the name. Like, I feel like that was probably some stuff that happened back then because people were just dying like all the time. Like people just like, we didn't have modern medicine. So, I mean, I don't know. I think he was born in the early 1900s. So, I mean, you know, like Dolly, I'm talking about Dolly again. Sorry if that wasn't clear, but it's it's just it's insane. I I try to learn as much as I can. One of the artists who is a true like a true modern artist that I think is like pretty he's he's really successful, but what I've read of him is like definitely interesting. It's Kashi Murakami, which there is an episode 
on him in the past. It's the first season, not the second season. But super flat and all the stuff he did, I think is really interesting on how he was able to turn like what is like his style into something that was so what's the word for it? It was like very wanted. Wanted isn't the word I was looking for. It's not as dramatic as I wanted, but we'll go with that. It was like, it was like craved by brands like Gucci and Prada. And everybody was like, oh yes, a coach purse with a rainbow flower. I love it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know how he managed to do that. I still can't figure it out. I've learned everything there is to know about that, that man. And I still am left with like a big question mark, but that's like, that's kind of the thing. Art, you like even people who do like the same genre, the same style of art, like art done by different people is inherently like you're not going to have the same experience from any two artists, even if you get really close. So, yeah, that's so true. Like you can get really close, but it's never the same. Yeah, and no one's going to have the same experience the same two experiences so yeah right i'm trying to we talked about a bunch of questions without me inherently like asking them verbatim so i'm like looking through my questions to see what okay here's one this is kind of unrelated to what we were just talking about but can you like talk about some of the cool projects that you've like worked on in the past and maybe like no differences between like the projects that you've done the types of things that you've done and like kind of just talk, I guess, about, like, who you would recommend it to. So, like, I don't know, for example, for me, if I was answering this question, I'm never painting another mural again. I'm terrified (laughs) of heights, and I don't want to be on a scaffolding ever again. So I would say if you like being outside and doing exercise and being high up off of the floor, (laughs) go for it. Not for me. So do you have any projects that maybe you really enjoyed and you're like, yeah, if you are into this go for it or do you have any projects that you're like yeah you couldn't pay me enough to do that again never again as far as personal projects go making maps for people it was fine in the beginning but I was way undercharging. and if you like if you like dealing with your local community and being involved with your neighbors and stuff I think that's a really great way to get started making money off your art I started making these maps with people's house. I would draw a little version of their house and places they like to go around town and stuff. And people really enjoyed that. But some customers, when you deal, you'll always have to deal with clients or customers if you run an art business. And you're always going to find difficult customers. And if they're your neighbors, <laughs> you can't really like shut them down too much because, you know, you want to, you know, be good friends with your neighbors and people that live close to you. But if it's just pe- random people, it's a little more easy to be like, I'm not doing that. Thank you, though, and shutting it down. So if you really like community building and being involved locally, I think that's a really good project for you. If you're kind of an introvert, Home projects are a really great way to get involved with art. I've been renovating a house for the past two years since 2019, and it's super old. It's like 220 years old. But if you're an introvert, it's great because you're working on it for hours. 
and you can pick the paint colors and furniture and you can go thrifting and you can find things and piece together and design a space artistically that's totally your own that you don't have to bend to the will of others and you can share the process and help other people along the way too so yeah yeah. Are there are there any more? And I did do NFTs for a while. Sick. If you like technology, then I think NFTs would be good for you. If I know a lot of people are concerned environmentally about NFTs, but it's propaganda. I, yeah, it seems <laughs> like propaganda to me. Like the actual energy usage of NFT is negligible to like like doing laundry or something like that. Like you're not going to stop doing laundry. So so I think about things like that. But I did make a bunch of NFTs. I didn't promote them or sell them. It was just kind of a, a project for curiosity. And maybe one day I'll do something with them. But I don't really know too much about the space to give an informed opinion, I'd say. Yeah. But it's fun to do. Yeah, I definitely, I kind of am in the same boat, actually, with the whole NFT thing. I absolutely love having NFT artists come on the podcast. I think at the time that this episode is going to be released, I will have had four NFT artists on the podcast. So you don't have to look too far to find more information if you're looking to learn more. But yeah, absolutely agree. A lot of the, the hate and like the information about NFTs is is propaganda like you said it's like way less than like running laundry or like like minting an nft uses less energy even if you're using ethereum which is the quote-unquote like bad one that uses more energy ethereum minting one nft on ethereum is equivalent to the same amount of energy as running your fridge for two hours and i know a couple artists who are like oh every time i mint using ethereum i just unplug my fridge for two hours and it's yeah, like a lot of hate like people are really like i'll see relentless talk posts like oh just made my nft and like they're a small artist they it's not like they're making millions of dollars on this and even if they were and then the comments are like wow unfollowed wow i can't believe you're involved in this it's like it's not what like they really just don't know or they've gotten really horrible information about yeah. the whole It's so unfortunate too because I had the same experience when I first started releasing episodes of this podcast and I decided, of course, I'm going to include NFT artists. Like, why wouldn't I? I feel like that's like, I don't know why I wouldn't do that. And so, you know, I'm all for you know, information being shared, equal information. And I feel like, and who better to talk about NFTs than artists involved in the space who are very knowledgeable of the, because you do, you have to be super knowledgeable to have any sort of success in the NFT space. Like even when I started to get involved, I was like, okay, I do not have the adequate time to like research and like keep up to up to date about the NFT space, like 24 seven. So maybe I wait a little bit to get involved. And the closest that I have gotten to be involved is I have been hired as an artist for an NFT project, but I'm not minting the NFTs myself. So 
-hmm. Someone hired me to make the art. I get paid regardless of whether or not the project flops or not, which is nice. But that's like the closest and most involved I've been in, in in making NFTs is I got hired as an artist. And, you know, I think that's fine. Like, but when I first started releasing episodes of this podcast and I put, this is the type of artist I'm looking for. I remember I posted a TikTok a long time ago and I said, I'm starting a podcast and like, this is what I'm looking for. And I, on the list, I didn't even say it verbally. I just had a list up on the screen that was typed out on the list. I had NFT, NFT artists that I was looking for, because like I said, I don't know that much about the space and I want people to feel like they can get unbiased information and like information from podcast. So I put that and someone duetted my video. And I, I don't have a big fall. Even to this day, I don't have a big following. I have I just hit today, actually. I just hit 2000 followers on TikTok. At the time that I posted this, I didn't even have a thousand. I had maybe like five or 600 at the time that I posted this. And someone duetted that video and was like, NFT supporting NFTs is so bad. It's all scams. It's blah, blah, blah. And they just like went off. And this artist who duetted me had like a hundred thousand followers. And oh I had this flood of just hate on my account. I literally, I was sobbing. I was like a whole wreck. I had to, I had to delete the app for a week because this person <laughs> spent their entire following to s- spread hate. And it's, it was so sad because no matter how much I was like, no, you got it all wrong. It's not bad for the environment. There's scams everywhere, not just NFTs, like scams literally everywhere. (laughs) Every time I open my email, I have, oh, your PayPal is broken. (laughs) Log in at this link that isn't PayPal's (laughs) website. Like every time, like there are scams everywhere. People scam people. It's not NFTs that are bad. It's not NFTs that are scams. It's, it's literally just bad people and bad people are everywhere. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do, but yeah, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to take that into like kind of a long rant about NFTs, but anybody who, you know, thinks negatively about the NFT space really just in my opinion, hasn't done their research because everything that I found to be negative about the NFT space has been propaganda. And a lot of it has been from banks because banks are like, oh no, the US dollar, people don't want to use that anymore. What do we, what, what are we to do? And they start panic. And so they start saying crap like, oh yeah, it's bad for the environment, which everything's bad for the environment. Literally everything you do washing your clothes, running your refrigerator is all, it's like worse. So it's really, yeah. NFTs are just transparent about it. Like, From it doesn't, least, like banks are behind most all of our problems. Literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, banks suck. Yeah, banks suck. I wish I didn't have to have a bank. <laughs> Everyone I has to have a bank. I studied economics in college. And um, every day I'm like, I just hate banks. So it's like bank, bank hater number one. Cause like, they're just like scams in general. Like, is there, there's no other place where you, they, they, someone can loan you a dollar and you have to pay them back $30, like with their overdraft fees. And that really disapports like affects the poor and it's just like yeah they suck <laughs> overdraft fees are such a scam they're, they're so, so bad scary. i've 
I have overdrafted, I think, once in my entire... I'm really careful with money, as I'm sure you are too, learning that you studied economics. Yeah. I'm so careful with money, but sometimes I... Because I am also a chronic saver, so I'll throw money in my savings account. And there have been times where I've had like a medical bill that was like a freak thing that was scheduled to come out that like I didn't think about and then it'll just overdraft me. It's only happened like the one time or it's like gotten really close. Like I'm talking like pennies, <laughs> but like, I just think it's such a scam. It makes me so mad. Like every time, cause like I know people who overdraft all the time. You kind of like, you kind of have to know people that overdraft all the time living in America. Unfortunately, it's just like everyone you're either like super rich or you're broke. But they don't want that to happen because that's they make so much money that way. Like billions a year just from lending someone a dollar or two dollars for two days and then they get that 30 times. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so wrong in my opinion. It's It's messed up. Credit unions are good, so Oh yeah, I have a credit union. Yeah, credit unions are awesome. They are so good. I, I got my loan for my car through credit union too. And like my I remember like when I was trying to buy my car, they were telling me that like my my interest rate was going to be so high. And they were like, you need to you need to have your dad co-sign for you. And I was like, I absolutely do not. I was 19 at the time. I was like, I do not need my dad to co-sign for me. And they were like, well, let's run your credit. And they ran, they ran my credit. And I was 19. So it wasn't like the highest it's ever been. But it was like the right. mid 700s, like 750-ish. And they were like, oh, you should definitely have him co-sign. I'm like, that's a great score. Why do I need a co-signer? And then they ran his credit. And it was like, less than mine and so I was like yeah that's not gonna help me that's in fact going to make it worse if you add him to my loan don't add him to my loan because he was with me for moral support (laughs) because I get you know (laughs) buying a car is like an upsetting experience because you got people being like no actually you have to pay more than the sticker price and it's like hey I feel like that because you're a woman like yeah yeah you, you don't understand (laughs) that's why I had him with me but then they I was I was putting my foot down I was like he is not you are not putting him on my loan and I to to be honest I don't think he wants like no one wants to be put on somebody's loan I was like no I was like absolutely not he is not and then them like finding out his credit was worse than mine I was like yeah that will raise my APY and they were like no it won't and I was like I'm not that stupid Okay. I'm not that stupid. Like I'm, and I ended up just getting my loan through. I just waited to like, I signed for the car, but I was like, I'm going to get my loan through a credit union. Cause you guys are ridiculous. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did. Cause my interest rate is so low. <laughs> that was really unrelated, but yeah, my boyfriend just signed at the place and he had a better credit score than me at the time. We bought cars at the same month new cars it just like kind of fell that way but like he he just got the loan because he didn't want to wait he wanted the car right away and his interest rate even though his credit was better than mine his interest rate is like double what mine is and his payment is so much higher even though he got a cheaper car than I did and it's just it's such a scam it really is it's so bad (laughs) credit unions are the best and more people should know about it about them yeah, I I agree completely. We should probably talk about art. 
<laughs> Sorry. That was my fault too. I totally changed the subject. But uh something that I something else that I wanted to ask you was do you Sorry, have you have a quote I wanna say? It's I forgot what show is from, but they said like artists if you don't become an artist like you're a menace to society and I think that's so true like you just see so much wrong with the world like you need to express your discontent or beauty even of the world that you need to express it or it's just bad for everyone that's so true. I I kind of interpret that in a, in like some other ways too. I actually just was telling someone this, not an artist, but someone who I've been talking to through I I do a lot of like woo woo stuff. And like I was working with a mindset coach and there was like a little group of us that we had calls sometimes. And one of us in the group, he recently quit his job. And so she was like, oh, can I just give him your number and you can talk to him about it? Because I recently, you know, in March quit my job to do art full time and he's not doing art. He wants to do like healing and some other things like that. But it was almost the same as that quote. It was, you know, you're really doing a disservice to the world by not doing what you were put on this earth to do. And like I said earlier, there's a reason that you want to become an artist. If you feel like you're supposed to be an artist, it's because you're supposed to be an artist. It's not because you just want to be lazy and do nothing all day because art is honestly, it's more work than like any other profession and no one wants to come to terms with that, but it's true. (laughs) You have to do art every day for like 10 years to get even remotely good at it enough to sell it. It's really physical. It is. Yeah. Especially muralists and like event painters and people who do all that. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. I'd be laying in bed all day. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but even on your wrist and your back. Yeah. Just yesterday I was hunched over doing this like puzzle piece and it was like eight hours and I'm like, oh, I was like walking like an old man. I'm like, I got to figure something out, like a brace or something to yeah. make this easier. Yeah, I have like a foam roller. Foam rollers, artists. Foam, foam roller. roller. Yeah, it's like a big foam it's exactly what it sounds like it's a foam roller and like you lay on it like flat on the floor and then you just kind of like roll it up and down your back and like your whole back like cracks and it's just like instant relief it's so good I'm probably gonna do that after we get off after we finish recording because it's it's great if you're an artist and you spend most of the day hunched over a painting or a drawing or whatever I think I'm gonna skip to the last question because I just realized that we are already at almost an hour and we don't have a lot of time left we like I said we could do a part two if you want to go through the notes section of our phone and all our ideas and just like laugh at the ones that we wrote at 2 a.m that don't make sense yeah that would be so fun Um, we will definitely have to do a part two but before we do that final question like I said first and last questions are the same for everybody last question what advice would you give your younger self regarding your art career? Is there anything that you wish that you would have known or done sooner if someone had just like told you this advice? Like if you could go back in time and say anything to your younger self about your career as an artist, what would it be? This may be kind of unorthodox, but I wouldn't want to give my previous self any advice because I don't know if you find this too, but like 
you do something at a certain time and it comes out a certain way. And I think to myself, if I didn't experience everything I had experienced in the exact sequence of events and delayed this for however time I did, I wouldn't have this thing in front of me in this exact manner because there's so many instances which informed where it's at right now. I wouldn't have made her shirt green if I didn't look outside at this particular time and thought the color of the trees looks really nice or everything like that. So the my favorite piece of advice is the only way to fail is to quit. So if you're doing what you like to do, you're already winning. There's no arrival. The process is where the joy is like you actually doing the thing that's where your success is it's not an event or a singular time and everything you have experienced can inform your art and make it better and make it what it is so yeah I think everything happened the way it should have happened that's awesome I've never had anyone answer it like that but I totally agree butterfly effect hardcore yeah (laughs) But yeah, no, usually people just say, oh, I wish I could have like said, you know, this comforting thing. But that's actually like a really good way to look at it. Yeah, I totally I I totally get it for sure. That's that makes a lot of sense. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we start switching into self promo time? No, I think I think I've said enough. All right. Awesome. So the floor is yours. How can people contact you, support you, ask you questions, all that fun stuff? The floor is yours. Go ahead. Any business art, whatever. I don't know. Anything you want to promote. Go ahead. Now's the time. (laughs) You can find me on TikTok. My handle is by underscore mare, M-E-R-E, B-Y underscore M-E-R-E. And I'm on Instagram. It's by underscore Meredith, M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H. And I make puzzle art primarily. That's awesome. All right. Anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up the episode? I just want to say don't give up. If If you are feeling unsure, keep going. Do not give up. Because that's the only thing future self wants you to do is to keep going. You're, you're going to be 90, 80 years old one day, and you're going to think back to this time where you had so many things that you take for granted right now and so many ideas that you need to make a reality. So, yeah, keep going. That's a good advice. I like that. <laughs> I completely agree. It's hard for me to remember that sometimes because I all too often will find myself being like, okay, I wish I could just quit to hit escape. This sucks. This sucks. But it always ends up okay. It always ends up okay. 
Well, thank you, Mayor, for being on. I super appreciate it. This episode has been awesome. And with that, if you guys listening, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify helps us out. We have a community Discord where you can ask me questions. Some of the guests are on the Discord. We play games like Gardic Phone. I think we were talking about that a little bit earlier, like fun little art games. And it's just a good time. So if you want to join that, it's on the podcast website and on the Instagram, all that fun stuff. So yeah, again, thank you, Mayor, for coming on. It's been great. And thank you everyone for listening. And I will see all of you again next Tuesday. Bye, everyone.